design and analyze the games that we love. Headlines of music and the movies we can't forget. Iron Man's one to earth. I like kind of say about Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. How's everything? Going good, bro. And uh, we're joined again by a special guest, Kaya Albert, um, uh, a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, a former college classmate. Thanks so much for being back on, man. Absolutely. I want to thank you, Wellington and Sivan, both for having me back on. Excited for this week's episode. Yeah, definitely. And we have a lot of topics to get into for this episode. Um, obviously, some NFL topics, uh, college football ones, going to do some album reviews in the second half. We're going to do a review of uh, a Snowpiercer. But start out with Aaron Rodgers being done for the season. And what will the Jets do about, you know, uh, their QB search? Uh, after Rodgers this past Monday night was injured and helped off the field on the first Jets drive versus the Bills, um, it was announced the next morning that he tore his Achilles and now his, his season is officially over. And, you know, there was so much just adrenaline at the beginning of that game. It, it felt like almost felt like a Super Bowl atmosphere, like like the, the Jets were, were were super excited for, for that to happen. And then in the fourth play of the drive, we, we you know has, has the injury, and now it's just like it's one of the, it's one of those it's one of those moments where literally the first before in the first game in the first game this, this happens for the Jets. Like to you, Makai, like what did you think about this? And also just you know how how the Jets ended that game, but also they've got the Cowboys an extremely tough defense coming up. And the schedule is just going to get even harder without their best player. Uh, the Jets are cursed. You could just end the segment right there with the Jets are cursed. But yeah. man, uh, I've, I am so disappointed just because we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers uh, get to see what that team could have become with Aaron Rodgers. Like. So, because yeah. now it's just like whatever happens, it's, it's going to be. What if, what if Aaron Rodgers, you know, if it ends up being very similar to what they did last year, which is what I expect it will probably be, will be very, very similar. They're going to just barely miss the playoffs, but they're going to be competitive in a lot of their games just because of how good that defense is. But without the guy at QB, I just don't see how they're going to be able to improve from what they were last year. So it's going to be one of those things where it's, it's going to be a year for the Jets of what could have been, um, and it's just going to leave us a lot of questions with, man, what would have that offense, what would have Garrett Wilson looked like? Could have Garrett Wilson, you know, taken up, could have he entered the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill category in terms of a young up-and-coming receiver with that A-lister at quarterback? You know, Aaron Rodgers uh, revitalized, you know, with uh, another A-tier uh, receiver that he's been, I think, maybe lacking uh, for a while. I know they had Devontae not too long ago, but I think for the past uh, couple years, you know, he's been – working with guys, which again, he's, he's made work, but it's been, been missing that element of, you know, the wow receiver with Rogers for at least last year. I know. Um, so we're all excited to see what that would have been. So um, I know it would have been tough without offensive line. That was their biggest weak spot. Um, yeah. And it, it looks like it came back to bite them in the very first yeah. game, uh, very first game, that offensive line. But at the end of the day, you can't really blame it. It's, it's a freak injury. Like, that's that's a routine play, and his just Achilles heel just went right there on the on yeah. the field. So it's sad for the Jets, um, just because I was looking forward to adding them into the discussion of a loaded AFC, um, and now just with that game in of itself. So that was like what the Rodgers, but that game was insane. Uh, I I personally feel like the Bills had more responsibility of why they won that than the Jets actually winning it. Again, you have to take advantage sure. of what you're yes. given, but. Yeah. Josh Allen throwing three picks and fumbling the ball. The Bills did more to lose that game than the Jets actually did to win it. Again, I don't want to take anything away from the Jets, but at the same time, you do have to understand that a large part of why they were in that position 
was because you had four turnovers. Yeah. yeah. So it <laughs> just was one of those games. Josh Allen, roller coaster Josh Allen, he has his highs and his lows, and that was, man, that was a low. But going into the Cowboys defense, I just I think they're going to get eaten alive. Market Parsons is going to absolutely eat that offensive line alive. Um, their young secondary is just going to probably lock them up just because I don't think Zach Wilson could get it done. So yeah. sad for the Jets, man. It hurts. It hurts here. Yeah. Um, to, to, to you, Savon, in terms of what you saw from that game, obviously the, the disappointment of, of and just, you know, frustration of Rodgers going out that early. Mm-hmm. What did you think about, uh, about, about, you know, what that means for the Jets going forward? And also just like Makai was saying, Buffalo really gave that game away in, in, in many key moments and Josh Allen has highs, has extreme lows, and just could, could not bounce it out. You know, it's a, I thought like five things I took away from this game. One, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. Zach Wilson, can he get it done? There's still question marks right there. He didn't really look good because that offensive line, they tried to get Aaron Rodgers, put all the eggs in one basket. Like I said, it's a freak accident. But you don't you don't have any other movements you could do at quarterback position. You have to put everything back in Zach Wilson. And I think the second takeaway is Brees Hall is back. Brees yes. Hall is back. What a game by him. A lot of those, a lot of those moments were capped by him. Rush game was run, working. A lot of Dalvin Cook came in. It was a doublehead sure. monster. But also the screen game was working well. So that's the biggest takeaway. There is it's still hope for this team. They're not down and out just yet. They have a good defense behind them. Their front seven led by Quentin Williams is a monster. Worth every penny that they paid. And Absolutely. Yeah. Three is that they capitalize on the takeaways. Three interceptions to the same guy. Got a big payday. <laughs> $250,000 in one game, baby. Let's go. Right. So, and the fourth takeaway is they're not ready for Dallas. Oh, no, no, <laughs> this offensive all. line, that freak accident was amidst out by a uh, a veteran guy in Dwayne Brown who's 41 years old. What do you think he's going to do against Parsons or uh, uh, Dante Fowler or, 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 or it, the, the list goes on the defensive line that Dallas has, but the running game is, I think is going to keep them alive. I think they're going to do a lot of, uh, a lot of screen game. Zach Wilson doesn't have to do much. I think Garrett Wilson is still one of the top wide receivers in the league that they can give the ball to. I think he's going to be a mismatch for a lot of guys, but don't count them out just yet. There's hope. As long as Brees Holmes and Dalvin Cook is running the ball really well, I, I think they're going to, they're going to survive some games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting getting to the the uh, Browns domination of the Bengals. Cleveland won twenty four to three. Sean Watson ran for a touchdown and threw for another. Um, the Browns defense neutralized Joe Joe Burrow and b- bottled him him up nonstop. It, it was so crazy to see Joe Burrow like that because obviously you know didn't play the preseason. There were questions about was he going to look rusty, and he looked more than rusty. It was, <laughs> rusty, <laughs> and right. rusty was like <laughs> that's an understatement. He had a payday home. I, I wouldn't rust, man. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't rust at all. But but in terms to, to you, Makai, like in terms of what the Browns were able to do, um, how dominant they, they looked the the week one because you know there can be some week one overreactions, but they really were impressive. Yeah, to, their defense uh, was just fantastic throughout throughout the duration of the game. Yeah, um, if the Bengals fans have talked about them being the Chiefs kryptonite, then they need to look in the mirror and realize that the Browns are the Bengals kryptonite because Joe Burrow is now one in four, I think, against the Browns. So, and the only time that they won was kind of in that last end of the season when the Browns had nothing really to play for and their hearts and spirits were broken, and it was in Cincinnati. So, take that with a grain of salt too. But right now, 
again, like you said, you don't want to, you want to be careful with the overreactions. So I will pump the brakes a little bit. I am optimistic about the Browns. If Deshaun could put it together, because let's, let's be honest, Deshaun didn't look all that impressive in this game. It was much more a, the Browns defensive line absolutely took advantage of the ultimate weakness. Like we were just talking about the Jets, their biggest weakness is the offensive line. Same store with the Bengals. Bengals biggest weakness. It has been for Joel Burrow's whole career. Yeah. And they even out and got some more help. I mean, Orlando Brown, former chief, they went and signed him. Didn't look like it helped all that much against Miles Garrett and company, man, yeah. because Joe Burrow was hounded all day. Uh, they had that desperation play. I think that's going to stick in a lot of people's minds at the end. And he just miles here, absolutely ripped through the middle of the defense and just made Joe Burrow literally fall backwards to the side because he's running for his life. So the Bengals really are going to have to uh, put this against uh, and really look themselves in the mirror and figure out what's going to happen because you can't pay that man all that money if you're not going to be able to protect him. It's going to be a very short career and not money well spent if you can't actually protect him. But to to the Browns' point, the defense looks good, but – my caution is that defensive line has never been a question mark for me. I'm not worried about the defensive line there. They have stocked up on linebackers and they've been only improving in the secondary. So I'm not worried about the defense. I've got to see the offense take a step forward. All right. Nick Chubb's going to do his thing. He has his entire career since they draft him. I got to see Deshaun take that next step. I got to see Deshaun return to Houston Deshaun. All right. They have gotten him some good wide receiver help. I thought so they went and they got, um, Elijah Moore, right from the Jets. Um, they still have Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. I have questions about Amari Cooper, but he's still a solid guy, all right? So you've got two solid wide receivers. Njoku is great when he's healthy. And like we said, he's got a great running game. So he's got all the tools. He's got to put it together, all right? So optimistic, but I'm going to I'm gonna hold my Browns are on the extension until we see a little bit more. And a good test of that is coming up for them on Monday night against the Steelers. Cause I, again, yeah. I know we're not going to talk about it, but the Steelers didn't look great against the 49ers, but if the Browns beat up on the Bengals, the Steelers for sure for the past 20 years, you know, almost their entire existence, the Steelers own the Browns. All right. So I got to see it a little bit more against uh, other opponents. Again, Bengals, great quality win, but I got to see it against even more quality wins moving forward before I give my rubber stamp of approval of them being in the dog fight for the AFC. Yeah, the only reason I didn't bring up the Steelers, Makai, was because I, I I labeled them the <laughs> the most uh, the dark horse team last week, <laughs> and they got oh, did you? I missed that part. They got trounced, and I was like, I was about to text them. I was like, hey, so much for my pick. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's week one, and it's against the 49ers. <laughs> that defense is ferocious. Hang on to that dark horse pick. I'm still with you on that. They can yeah. still make some noise. So I was like, no, 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 not at all. Not <laughs> but, at all. But, but to, to you, Savon, in terms of of this game, Browns and Browns and Bengals. What stood out to you? Obviously, like Makai was saying, the defense, we know what they can do. We know how stout they can be. But it's also the question of if they're really going to be elite, the offense has to take that next step to really get to to where they want to be. It was a secondary. Most of those, obviously, the defense line played great. You go against Darius Smith in, in the offseason. Miles Grizz still looks good. He's doing crossover moves right before the play. And then it calls his the quarterback pressure, then the sack. So we know the front seven is really good, but the secondary play lights out. Denzel Worrell, Newsom, Martin Emerson Jr. is, was a, is a Pensacola native. Looked really good against T. Higgins. That was a difference maker. T. Higgins didn't have a lot of, a lot of he didn't have a catch. Jamar Chase it was not existing. So this secondary, this entire defense play lights out. And to answer your question about Deshaun Watson, 
I just don't think he can be that type of quarterback. They've tried in so many ways, even when he was Houston, they try to make him a pa- uh, you know, a pass it in a you know quarterback in the pocket type of quarterback. It couldn't work. He's more so better on the run, extending plays with his legs. I just don't think he has that to get over the hump. They had this last year. Obviously, he didn't play because of you know his massage parlorness, uh, what he likes to do. But <laughs> I just don't I just don't see it. Even with the Houston Texans, he had the weapons there. He had a defensive offensive line there. He had a running game. It just wasn't something that I can say I'm convinced that the Browns can be led by Deshaun Watson. But as long as that defense is looking good, I think they have a shot. And what I'm loving from the NFL, I know I'm just going to put that out there, defense, everybody's defense is looking pretty good. Yes. Even if they're sure. getting like they're every it's not have been like a high scoring game craziness. Well, except for the Giants. But I love I love the way the defense in the NFL is looking. <laughs> well, and one could say with the Giants, well, that's because of how good the, the Cowboys yeah, defense the Cowboys yeah. was. <laughs> that game that was, was oh my that, goodness, man. That plus <laughs> Daniel Jones ineptitude against the Cowboys in those games. Yeah. So Definitely. Hey, did I just real quick? Did, did either of you with this matchup between specifically the Browns and the Bengals specifically any of that starting to remind you a little bit of the Saints Bucks when Brady was there? How it just seemed like the Saints always had his number, and like yeah, Mike Evans cannot have a good game against um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, can't have a good game the, no matter what he does. So it yeah. seems to be the same thing with uh, the Browns to me. Like T Higgins, Jamar Chase, excellent receivers. They can't do anything against that secondary. So I just think you have a little similar situation of that defense has that offense's number. It's like, no matter how hot Tampa Bay was, whenever they met the, exactly. Team, it didn't matter. Exactly. Like, it it's just, like, it was yeah neutralization. Yeah. Throughout it. Um, and, and now getting in, into, to the Dolphins and Chargers game, uh, the Dolphins won 36 to 34 is who had completed 28 of his 45 passes over 466 yards, which is the fourth most in an opener and three touchdowns. And I mean, th- this game, it, it was like the most, entertaining game because I had like you know uh, uh two ties nine lead changes it's so much going on throughout it but to me like Makai like this is like the same old chargers that we always see like they have the potential to win a game they don't win it Justin Herbert our guy that we want him to be the the, the guy is just not that it, it, it's, it's still being held back in, in, in some aspects in terms of you know him, him developing as he should uh to you Makai like what did you think about this game how it ended and just you know also, how good to a look. Okay, one thing, y'all might want him to become all that, but as a Chiefs fan, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> with this. I'm glad with this being the story, man. Delvin. It's just like it's it's like Savon with the Bears and the Packers. It's the same thing for me. It's just like the Chargers are gonna find a way to choke. Like, I'm not worried about it at the end of the day. No, they are they are concerning. They play the Chiefs tough, so I'm actually I'm I'm jesting about that. But with the chart. I don't even know if it's a Herbert problem at this point. It's Staley. Why are you a defensive coach? And you cannot stop anyways. You couldn't stop a runny nose if you – if it's just like, come on, man. It's your MO. Do something. And, again, I know it's the Dolphins. I know that's Mike McDaniels, you know, who comes from the Shanahan system. So high-flying offense, two really hard receivers to cover. They looked like they had a great balanced running game, improved offensive line. Two is accurate when he's healthy. So I know there's a lot, but – can, can we get my man Justin Herbert a little bit of help on the other side of the ball with all those big names, you know, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. Can, can we please do something for my man on the other side of the ball? But they just – I think looking at how the game progressed, I do think Kellen Moore is going to help um, Justin Herbert play better. I did see some improvements on the offensive side in terms of 
the play design and how everything progressed. I think their problems are just on the defensive side. They've, they've got to figure out something on like getting stops. They just cannot stop uh, a running nose in the middle of January to save their life. So they've got to, they've got to rectify that. Um, and Justin Herbert's got to win in the big, the big spot, you know, uh, for all of me giving him all these outs, he made some key mistakes when, you know, you could have taken that step forward and maybe cinched up the game. Uh, and he didn't make them into a did. So that was kind of the difference in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to, to you, Savon, uh, what's it out to you in this game? Cause it, it, like Makaya was saying, uh, there, there are some obvious changes that, that, that have to be made with the chargers for them to, for, for them to get better. They had that yeah. game last year against Jacksonville, with that that twenty point lead and in the in the in the playoffs and it's just some somehow find a way to blow it unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable yeah unbelievable game but but what were what were some of your overall takeaways in this one yeah I know everybody is uh, talking about how Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle had a phenomenal game Tua looked good we've seen this last year I'm not impressed because at some points they can't win ball games because their running game does not work. And Tua, if you give Tua 40, 50 throws a game, he's going to get tired. Eventually, that offensive line is going to break down like they always do point. every single year. They had Monster. I know Mustard had like 37 rushing yards. I know he's banged up a little bit with the knee injury, but that's their number one running back. And he had 11 attempts. I know they were throwing the ball really well. It's coming down to the wire. But you're going to go against a good secondary Who's really good? Who know how? To, who knows how to play Tyreek Hill? Who knows how to go over top with the two man or two man under or cover zero? Who's who's willing to do a lot of man? And they have a great rushing attack that two is not going to have all that time to get there. And obviously, we we know uh, Nick Boza is very upset because some of the offensive linemen were offsides. I, I'm a I'm an offensive lineman. Buddy was definitely offsides. <laughs> he was very upset, and that's kind of cheating. That's you give the you give an offensive line the upper hand, but they didn't get to Tua. I think if you meet a team like the Chiefs, like uh, like uh, the Green Bay Packers, like Dallas Cowboys, like the Jets, who have a great rushing, they're not going to have two is not going to have time to throw the ball. So the biggest takeaway is they're not running the ball efficiently enough, or can they run the ball efficiently enough? And then that's that's my biggest takeaway. I knew Jalen Wall was going to have a good game. Knew uh, Tyreek Hill was going to have a good game. It's first game of the season. They're going to be the defense coordinator doesn't know what to throw at Tua just yet. We don't know what type of quarterback Tua is this Sunday or Thursday or Monday. Yeah. So Tua was on. He was spot on, but he's not consistent at, at the quarterback position. So this will wane just like last year. Their running game has to work. And yeah. another thing, too, you saw in this game, he still can't throw it deep. He still can't throw it deep. Every every play that Tyreek hit, you know, the, every big play that you saw was a short and intermediate route that Tyreek just did his thing. Tyreek or Jalen just did their thing. He still can't throw Back it deep. It the up. farthest he can throw – exactly. The farthest he can go is 15, 20 yards. So, I mean, it's just going to boil down to exactly like you said. They, they've got to figure out a balanced running attack. If they don't, then they're going to basically – people are going to be like – Go ahead, pass it all day because two is fortunate. Sooner or later, we're going to get to him, and once we yes. start to rattle him, then he's sunk. Yes, yeah, he's sunk. That's a great spot point. because on. because because that's his problem. If if you get to him, you're absolutely he's gonna he's gonna break. I'm sorry, he's he's a he's a glass mannequin doll yes. at this point. If you took a lot of bust him, here. Ex- exactly. It's just it's one of those things where I, I again I don't wish any ill against the guy. I'm not a big Alabama fan by any means, but I don't wish any ill against the guy. But it's just the fact of the matter. He can't stay healthy when you hit him. Yeah. Absolutely. And and a large part, I think, credit to you, Savon, is because they don't have a rushing attack. 
no matter what they do, those those running backs are basically pass catchers out of the backfield, which is why, for me personally, uh, not just for fantasy reasons, but I'd like to see Devon A-Chain and see what he could do. He was really good at Texas A&M. I'd like to see what he could bring uh, and move him down, especially since Mostert's Moster always getting banged up. So yeah. I'd like to see what some young blood could do for them. Quarterback can't throw 50 times a game. Yeah. Nope, you, not, not that quarterback anyways. Yeah. Not that quarterback. Definitely. Um, and now getting into our next topic with, with the Packers and, and Bears game. Uh, Green Bay won 38 to 20 as Jordan Love threw for three three touchdown passes, um, and uh, Love completed 15 of 27 for 245 uh, yards, opposed to the 123.2 rating. And, and this was an interesting game because obviously everybody wanted to see, you know, how was Jordan Love going to do um, in, in, in this opener in this season opener. And the the Packers looked really impressive in this opening game, obviously against the Bears. Some some people had some high hopes for for even what Justin Justin Fields can do uh, uh, this particular season. And his development, but to Mikhail, like, what did you think about this game and um, what the Packers were able to do, and also, you know, how how Jordan Love performed? I'm surprised you didn't kick this to the Savon first. I know he's not showing much emotion, but I know inside he's doing this and licking his chops you know, over there. Long season, If you go back to some earlier episodes when when the Packers were in the conference championship almost every January. Savon was like, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get excited. No, but that one against Tampa Bay, he was like, oh, we got it, man, we got it. Bro, I knew we were going to the Super Bowl. We did not. He's like, I got, we got it, man, we got him. Freaking bro, Kevin King. The, the 49ers won, though, bro. That's the one that hurts me the most for y'all. Bro, my my brother's a Packers fan, and I was like, watch that. I'm like, you can't beat Jimmy G, and it's one TD. It's a bunch of anyways. That that's another day, Savon. That's in the past. This year's gonna be different for you guys. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hype you out, my bro. Okay. With that being said, again, I'm trying to give my boy a little bit of uh of hype up there. Um, he looked good. Okay, so I will say that he did look good in his first game. Now, similarly with that, what I said with the Browns is I gotta see more. All right, so I want to see because even though he looked good. I will say, again, he takes what the defense gives him, but a lot of his big plays that resulted very similarly with what we talked about with Tyreek and the Dolphins were uh, the one big play that was that I saw both to Aaron Jones was the fake boot screen that Aaron Jones took for like 60 yards. Because I think he had 245, right, total yeah, yards, 45. if I remember correctly. So that was like a good 60 chunk. And then the other one was a slant that he took for another 40 yards. So right there, there's 100 of his, of his passing yards on two basically busted play by the Bears. So – he looked good. He did take what the what the defense gave him. I want to see him continue to do that against a little bit better defense than the Bears because right now I don't think that the Bears are a very good defense. I think they're in that rebuilding mode. But it is a division rival. You took care of what you needed to do. You were on the road. You had a lot of question marks about you coming in, and he delivered, all right? So he did the plays that he was able to do. He took what the defense gave him, and he made the plays that he was supposed to make. And most importantly, as his first time starting – he didn't make any mistakes, all right? He was mistake-free, and that was the big thing. And I know that's Savon, what probably you and a lot of other Packers wanted to see is make sure, hey, play mistake-free, all right? You've got a solid defense with the Packers still. The offensive line is going to give you time. Just don't make any boneheaded plays, and you're going to be fine, all right? So I think it'll be fun to see them against um, the Falcons this year, this next week. Um, I think they should handle business there. Bijan Robinson looks like a beast, but I think that that Packers D is going to be able to do a number on them, uh, force them to pass, and then I just think – I don't think Ritter is going to be able to get it done. And again, Falcons defense is not good enough. So um, the Packers, they look like they're in a good position because I know you guys talked about it the last episode, that Lions defense does look improved, but if that offense can't score, it's just going to be, yeah, it's not going to be a good story for them. And then you've got the Vikings who 
can't figure it out against Tampa Bay, man. So I know Savon was happy about that, I'm sure, too. But it's he like, laid it. go Baker. You cannot, you cannot. It's like, guys, just somebody take the division from the Packers. Nobody wants it, though. So right now it's looking – it looks like it's you guys' to lose at this point now so long as the defense can continue to stay strong and Jordan Love can continue to play mistake-free because I think it's going to be very similar to what we're talking about uh, being able for Cleveland to succeed and what you said for the Jets to remain hopeful. Great rushing attack. Um, unlike the Jets, I think still a good offensive line. All right. I don't know where they rank statistically this early in the season, but we know that Green Bay is always going to have a good offensive line. And then that defense just looks solid. If the, if the secondary, the other key for them, secondary has got to stay healthy. We know that those guys can get banged up easily. Um, Jair Alexander, excellent player, but he seems like he's been very injury prone. So we got to see those guys stay healthy. If all those things stay happen and stay true, Green Bay is looking really nice coming up this year. Yeah. <laughs> really nice. I like that. After this. I like that. I like that. <laughs> A-O, you're going to be a okay, my friend. <laughs> but to, to you, Savannah, in terms of in terms of how that game played out, um, how how Jordan Love looked in it, what were your thoughts on, on on this season start for them, and just you know what they can build on going forward? Uh just just a couple of takeaways for me, and I, I try not to be biased, but what uh, my expectation for Jordan Love is exactly what Makai said. Like, do not try to be the hero. Do not try to be a superstar. Game manage. Take what the give it, the defense gives you. Read the coverage well. I think he was very poised in a pocket, even with that that fumble, and then it ended up being to uh to to Hurst, who hmm, <laughs> could have been a touchdown. But I love the poise. I, I love the leader, the leadership he had. The offensive line looked so 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 good. Bakhtiari. We've been waiting for this moment. As good as he's like ever been. Three years, bro. So everything's coming for fruition. What surprised me is our young guys on the defensive line getting pressure. Hyatt uh, was was a big one. Uh, Von Jess uh, looked really good, especially running after Justin Fields. But I think we did a great job on the defensive front holding Justin Fields to uh, just limit those limitations. But I hate this for the Bears. Do not make Justin Fields what he is not. He's not a pocket quarterback. Your offensive line is not made for him to be a quarterback. Yes. The running game. We stopped their running game. The running came from Justin Fields extending the play after being shambled in the pocket. You don't have the offensive line to be for him to be once again a pocket quarterback. So there's a lot of takeaways from uh, from Green Bay, but I I'm putting a lot of red flags for the Bears, the defense, all the money that they they did. They got a couple new guys, did not pan out. The hustle is not there. The the fire is not there. They just look like they're just you know taking a paycheck. So there's a lot of red flags for the Bears, but Green Bay looks good right now. Like Makai said, I'm wanting to see a little bit more. I like us against the Falcons. Our schedule was pretty hectic. We got the Chiefs. Oh, my God, that's going to be a good one. That's always yes. a good one. We got the 49ers again. That's always a good one. We got a bunch of guys on us. So I'm not happy just yet. I'm just glad he did the, the right things, and, and he looks good so far. And on your Bears point, if they're going to pay for a trade for DJ Moore, use him. You what, what did you trade him for if the man's going to have, what, 43 yards and that's it? What are you doing, man? Like, why is Darnell Mooney still the leading receiver? You traded it for him for a reason. Use him. And yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, too. Why are you trying to make him a pocket passer? That's not why he was flashing. That's not why he was successful last year. 
Let him roll out. Let him run. He's a dual threat for that way. The defense has to respect the run, and that opens up the passing game, which then you could use DJ Moore in the deep passing game, which is what Justin Fields was good at last year. Cha-ching. Makes Point. no sense. Makes no sense. What is it, party interruption when they do the ding? Oh, yeah. Great point. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> but, but, but before we move on, we have to mention, uh, Micaiah, Chiefs, Chiefs at, at Jacksonville. What are your thoughts after? I mean, obviously, we mentioned with, the, with what the Lions did. We don't feel like, like they, they can sustain that long term. But, but what do you think mm-hmm. about he's just getting geared up? <laughs> how, how, do, how do you feel about this team and, and them heading into, into Jacksonville week two? Could we not have had someone other than Jacksonville after that humiliating loss, man? Um, no, but actually, I, I, I say that just because I, I wanted, I would love to, you know, beat up on somebody. But <laughs> honestly, I think that the Chiefs need someone that will actually challenge them because um, part of that game was missing Travis Kelsey. Part of that game was the wide receivers dropping things. But I also think part of that game was Mahomes looked a little checked out, all right? I talked with some of my other friends that walked, watched the game. Mahomes was off on a couple of the plays that he should have been on, all right? So, again, the, the main blame goes to the wide receivers. But he was off on a couple of plays where I was just, really? as a fan, there were some balls, Savon, that were, like, into triple-double coverage. It's like, why are you throwing Like, I understand. running for his line. Well, okay, well, then in that case, like, why is the Lions defensive line making that offensive line that's supposed to be top five? I thought we were going to talk about that. this game because that's another thing. Hutchinson was yelled. That's, was that's true. Like, that, there's no reason that one dude should be wrecking an offensive line, bro. Like, oh, he's offensive a line coach got it. I mean, he is a monster, a monster, but still, one one dude shouldn't be wrecking a whole offensive line. Aaron Donald, one. Anyway, yeah. This well, is a, there's a couple guys. So, I mean, if we're if we're gonna talk about him like that, then yeah, maybe. Oh, he's so, de- anyway, oh, he's definitely that, he's definitely in that. In for that sure, I need to see a little bit more, but he sure seems on that trajectory for sure. But every play, yeah, I, he's. Every play he was he was back there. Every he play was. He, was now he, started, he started to get gassed in the fourth quarter. That's my one concern for him. Is I'm not sure he has Aaron Donald's motor yet. Um, yet that's the key. Is because he started to look gassed in the fourth quarter. But anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, the thing with the Jags, I'm excited for this rematch um, from last year. Uh, again, that's where Mahomes got his ankle tweaked. Uh, Henny pulled his magic again. So you know, forever. Thank you, Chad Henny. Henny you know, two, two anything is possible. Exactly. You already know, Wellington. Two huge postseason plays, both of which the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Against the Browns and Baker, he came in, touchdown drive, did his job. Same thing against the Jags, all right? So that final score looked a lot closer um, than I think the game actually planned out. They scored a late touchdown to bring it within one score. But that team... I'm not count, I'm not going to hold against Indianapolis playing them tough because I think that was a team with nothing to lose basically in week one and I think the Jags might have been looking past them yeah. to this matchup. this matchup. So I am I am I am looking forward to this game. I think it's probably the best game in terms of matchup this week um, because Trevor Lawrence is that dude. Okay, I think he is on that trajectory to where you you have to throw out year one. Year one does like it's like Peyton Manning's first year doesn't count. Okay, that was Don't a horrible coaching situation. You can't. I mean, it goes on his record, yeah, but you can't actually legitimately think like, oh, well, we got to worry about you know Trevor Lawrence turning into that guy. No, that was a that was a horrible offensive situation. They still didn't have the pieces, and the coaching situation was absolutely terrible. So. I was actually a big proponent of them coming and getting Doug Peterson. Didn't really understand why the Eagles cut him loose. Super Bowl winning coach, Andy Reid coaching tree. So he's exactly what the doctor ordered for Trevor Lawrence. And that that uh, offense with Calvin Ridley, ooh, 
boy, that that looked like a great pickup for them uh, because he went off in that game. So I'm expecting a lot of fireworks, uh, very similar to that Dolphins-Chargers game that we're going to see, um, just because I think both offenses are so skilled at getting the ball into their playmakers' hands. Um, the things that I would watch for uh, if I'm a Chiefs fan, again, all right, what, what's Travis Kelsey going to look like, all right? Is he going to look like normal Travis, or are we going to see that he's a little bit hampered with this game? If he's hampered, I'm going to start sweating because that means then I got to worry about those wide receivers making plays again. And after last week, I would rather not trust on that again. But at the same time, they got to make their step up. So I'm hoping that Kelsey being infused back into that offense will help those wide receivers. I'm, I'm going to chalk it up to those wide receivers were not ready for the moment without Kelsey. I think that they will improve. Um, I'm blanket. not sure how quickly. I'm not going to, I'm not sure how quickly, but they, they have to improve. All right. I, I have no other choice other than a Chiefs fan to believe that they have to improve. Otherwise the Chiefs are going to be hosed because you can't just rely on one guy as special as that one guy is. You can't rely on that. So um, for the Chiefs, um, Travis Kelsey, how does he look? And then Chris Jones. All right. Chris Jones, they look good like they were without him, but we could sure use an extra added infused pass rush. So how does Chris Jones look after all that time sitting out? For them, um, and then Jacksonville, can they go toe to toe again with Mahomes and company? Stay mistake free. I think the team that makes the fewest mistakes in the turnover category is the team that wins this game. For sure. Um, and, and I'm moving on to college football with the Texas win versus Alabama, and also thoughts on how good they can be. Uh, Texas won 34 to 24 on the road. Quinn Ewers won, went 24 to 38 and had 349 yards. Plus, Sanders had five catches for 114 yards, and it was interesting because last year. Me and Savon mentioned, you know, that was a back-and-forth game. But the difference was, you know, Bryce Young, he led them on that drive. Um, they were able to have a, 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 a strong a strong end to win that game. But this game, I mean, it, it was – Texas defense kept pressuring them. Um, they, 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 they they kept adding on pressure. And, and Quinn Ewers was just a, a star in this game. So, you, Makai, what were your thoughts on, the, on this game and also, you know, what Texas can do going forward? Texas is back, baby. All right. I think Texas is back. Um, they look good. That, that defensive line, if you can go to, again, I know that Alabama is not the top dog dog anymore because of what Georgia's been able to do and Michigan starting on the up and coming. But still, they they have all the guys that they need on that offensive line. And for that defensive line to, to hound the quarterback, you know, uh, the way they were able to looked very impressive. The secondary played well. Now, my one hesitancy with them is that quarterback gave them a lot, okay? Because um, Monroe, right? Is it? I'm pretty sure it's Milrow. Milrow, Milrow. yeah, Jay, yeah, Milrow. Um, the dude took off every time the ball was snapped. It's like he wouldn't stay in the pocket every time the ball was snapped. He was looking to take off. It's like, man, you got to you got to stay for at least a couple seconds, see what can develop. But to Texas's credit, where you can credit Texas, is I think they were the ones that were causing a lot of that pressure. Um, so that's what this game really boiled down to is uh, Quinn Ewers didn't make the mistakes that Milrow did because um, I think Milrow had those two boneheaded – he just predetermined his read. That's what you can chalk up those two interceptions to. He predetermined his read, threw him, didn't see the dude just sitting there in the flat on the first one, and then the corner just came over uh, – or the safety just came down on the other one and just cut off the route and just took it back. So that was the difference ultimately in the game along with just um, Texas looked really balanced, all right? Bajon – Bijan Robinson uh, was a huge part of their offense last year, but it doesn't look like they missed too much of a beat uh, without him. So the rushing attacks look balanced. The passing attack looks balanced. So so long as Quinn can, can continue to be that guy, I think Texas is poised for a really good season. Um, 
I would say Alabama can take some heart because I'm not sure many teams can do to Alabama what Texas was able to do to Alabama in that game. I'm still concerned for the QB situation, but I'm not sure that there are going to be many teams that they go up against on their side of the SEC um, that are going to be able to defensively do what Texas did to Alabama. So I'm not going to bury Alabama yet, not just because of that, and also because I'm not burying Nick Saban, all right? It's like Belichick in his heyday. You don't bury them no matter what you do, all right? So they're always going to have a chance. So, But Texas looked good. Texas looked legit. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think. I feel as though Alabama will still be, will still have a chance in the SEC, but but this game was, was definitely one that, that's going to be a, a big concern. Yeah, going going down the line, even if they try to get an SEC championship. All the other major players on their side in the West all have a non-conference loss, like they did. LSU lost Florida State, and Texas A&M lost Miami, We're and uh, Alabama <laughs> lost to Texas. And out of those three losses, Alabama's is going to look the best at the end of the year because I think Texas is going to finish the best out of Miami. Um, Miami, well, except for Florida State, that's going to be the trick. Florida State and Texas is going to be where I think the battle is for the best loss. But uh, losing to Texas, I think, will be a better loss than losing to Miami at the end of the year. Definitely. Um, to, to you, Savon, what were your takeaways from this game? Obviously, this was – the, the takeaway is going to be that, you know, Texas with Quinn Ewer's performance was was phenomenal. Alabama with Jalen Maroy, he has some, some some developing to do in terms of, you know, not just not just running too much, but letting like letting a play develop. Uh, what did you think about this game and, and some of the takeaways for both teams? That's the biggest takeaway, Milrow. This is the inexperienced quarterback going in with his first real big game. Obviously, he played a little bit when Bryce got hurt at the tail end of the season, but this is first year as a starting quarterback. And also, they're trying to make him a pocket passer as well. They want him to stay in the pocket a little bit. They want him to use his arm, be patient. But this is not the same offensive line they'd had a year ago or two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. It's a lot. It's a big difference when you have a, a, a young quarterback who wants to stay in the pocket but can't stay in the pocket because they're not uh, confident in the passing game. Yeah. As well as the running game was not working for them. They got away from it a lot of times. This wasn't. This was similar to last year. They didn't score a bunch of three touchdowns until the late fourth quarter after those, you know, two ill-advised interceptions and a bunch of, uh, you know, plays that he didn't read the coverage correctly because he's an inexperienced quarterback. They're not making an excuse for him, but that's a big thing in this. I don't think Texas is back. I don't. I'm not convinced Texas is back just yet. This. They they didn't they didn't they didn't wait until the, the late fourth quarter to score. Obviously, you're capitalizing on some miscues from a young quarterback. But this is a 10-9 game season where you're going to face a bunch of other teams. I don't think Ewers can be that type of quarterback that's consistent throughout the year. He had a lot of bumps in the road last year. We thought he was going to be that guy. Thought he's going to be clean, and they 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 got some tough games last year. I watched like five games before the season start on ESPNU top 25 games because they came down to the wire. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of still question marks for myself, but this is not the same Alabama defense, Alabama offense that I saw a year ago. This is not the same team I heard about in the preseason saying they they're they're out for blood. So I'm not taking anything from Texas. They played a, a phenomenal fourth quarter, but it did come down to that. It was both defense was going back and forth. Don't say Texas is back. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I just I just can't say that. I just yeah, say Texas is back just yet. 
Every time I see Matthew McConaughey on the, on the sideline, Savon, I always think he when, was drunk as a Savon's, skunk. One of Savon's family members met Matthew McConaughey. And we still- <laughs> oh yeah, my mom did. My mom and bro did. But he was drunk as a skunk, bro. He was drunk. <laughs> this is what he was doing. Come on, baby. <laughs> Horns <laughs> up. Hold him up. Like he was drunk on whiskey, bro. I I had their schedule pulled up. So like. I'm I'm curious, Savon, where you think that they're going to stumble. So they have Wyoming next week. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're thinking that Wyoming's pulling any no, no, surprises. No, no. Baylor, who's not looked any good on offense. I know Baylor always Baylor's puts up a defense, fight. But Baylor's defense is really That's true. Good. Baylor's defense. But do you think do you think Baylor's going to be able to do enough no. on offense to overcome that Texas? That's a front. rival game. Baylor and Texas. That's true. Rival game. That's true. It's always going to bring out, especially NCAA. It's okay. always going to bring okay. out boys. They they know how to play against Ewers. They they almost got their ticket last year. That's it's going to be a good game. Good. You can keep yeah, keep going. Kansas and Texas. I, I love Kansas is my second Kansas team. Kansas is going to be pretty good. That's going to be a good. They, game. they will, but they want they don't have good enough of a defense to to stop that. So that's going to be. Know. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just come on, keep we'll going. We'll see. I, I, I'd love it if Kansas can do it. Uh, Oklahoma at Texas. This is going to be a good game. Yeah, oh, you think so? Yes. Ugh, I think that's going to get ugly. It's going to be a good game. I don't game. know. We, it's going to be a surprise. I'll, I'll trust you. It might be. Again, Red River. Robert last James year, the Red River. So I, you're, I know, last year, Red River. So, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say last year because they're both going SEC. So I, get, I shouldn't say yeah. last year. But we'll last both. year in the Big 12. Uh, Texas at Houston. Easy dub. Yeah, I mean. That's- B- BYU at Texas. Yeah. Kansas State at Texas. That's the game that I think that, that'll be interesting, that game. Uh, I got to see Kansas State, though, replicate that on offense, though. Mm-hmm. Three. Keep okay. going. Texas to TCU. TC. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> that's where you and I are going to disagree. I can I can see all the other threes legitimate. TCU has not got enough this year, man. They got a high they got, offense. They got humiliated by all, Utah, and you're saying that Utah can't or Texas can't re- replicate what Utah did. Wait, they got humiliated by the Utah. Didn't Utah play TCU Baylor. played Utah? Utah. Oh, that was Baylor. Baylor. Utah Baylor. Play, or TCU played? Um, was it Oregon? They played a Pac-12 team. I can't remember. TCU played. That's okay. High part Either offense. one. I'll give. Okay. You, we'll say three all and right. a half. We'll say three and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Texas at Iowa State. No, <laughs> that's gonna be that's yeah. gonna be a that's gonna be a murder. They're gonna have to get CIA, you know, FBI to clean that love, one up. They love upsetting teams. Sometimes and then te- game. and then they're under the end of the year's Texas Tech at Texas. Yeah, and then you got the yeah. Well, we don't know about it, but that's three games that could be upset. See, I would flip with you. I I'd say Texas Tech looked better. That they look their offense looked better than TCU's. TCU looked shaky, man. TCU look like they miss Max Duggan and the, I'm the, just not convinced. If, you, if, if you're if you lose your starting quarterback from last year, your starting running back, and your starting wide receiver, I just don't know how that how well that offense can. What TCU? Progress. Yeah, TCU lost first Duggan. Game, first um, game they put up 34, 34 points. Right? Was it thirty four? Really? Yeah, it was a. No, I got check. I got to check, man, because it's I thought Colorado. they got blown out. Against Colorado? No, it was a tough game. Oh, you, you're right. Yeah, it was Colorado. But okay, so okay, so you're saying basically how because of how high flying the offense is that they can. Okay, well if you're right, then it will for sure be a competition. I just think Texas defense is going to stifle that offense. I'm not sure. Because Colorado, again, I've been impressed with what uh, Hunter's been able to do, but th- did, they don't have all the cats on defense that Texas is going to have. Who did Texas play the first game of the season? They played white. So 
They played two. They played. Rice. They didn't look against good against Rice, which is why a lot of people I think that would look. We're looking at this game and being once, close. Once they right. play against yeah. a seasoned quarterback, when they hit Kansas, okay. they got a good dual threat okay. quarterback. And then when they get Oklahoma, he's a seasoned quarterback who's not going to make the same. You're mistake. true. You're right. You're so right. They they haven't played anybody quarterback wise, and they still had. Davis still had trouble. Alabama was moving the ball. Don't get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they Alabama were. Was moving they definitely the ball. were. Yeah. Those two ill-advised throws, it was still a good game until that happened. And then, obviously, when you have 75 plays against your opponent who has 62 plays. Who, you're you know, winning me over, Savon. I'm, I'm <laughs> you, you're right. You're right. You, uh, we got to see an experienced quarterback. And the, you, you're right. That that's a valid point. I'm usually big on experienced veteran quarterbacks, and we got to. I think Milrow still had an opportunity. He still had two touchdowns. Still had 255 yards. There yeah. was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Those are that's what the difference between a experienced quarterback and a young quarterback. You don't give the ball up. Bama hasn't had like a phenomenal quarterback. I didn't think Tua was that great at Bama. I didn't think Bryce Jones. They just made sure they didn't make many mistakes, and they had a big arm and a lot of wide receivers. You didn't think Tua was that good no, at Bama? Look at the wide receivers. Okay, that's not the one I'm shocked at. I no. thought Bryce Young that he said Bryce, Bryce Young. I agree not, with the Tua. Bryce was not that. Bryce didn't. He didn't extend plays. He was not a, a running quarterback. He no, seriously, bro. He, he was, was not a running down, quarterback. Yeah. He was a pocket passer. Who rely mostly on that great offensive line? He barely got touched, and he had a lot of great wide receivers who take the top. Every wide receiver when he was there can take the top off. Not last year, though. That's Not last year. He didn't, have a, he didn't have a single guy that you would know for last year. What? Last year he didn't have a single wide receiver that anybody would know. Last year. Are Bryce you sure? Young. Yeah. We, okay. Last we got year, boy. Because yeah, call, we, all right, Wellington. We got. Cause I, I mean, I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure there was nobody of note last year in the wide receiver. He has the real right. reason why he had like no help, and he had Gibbs, who was a dual threat already. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you Gibbs, but that's the running game predominantly. And, no, he was good in the uh, well, out of the backfield. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll give, I'll give you Gibbs, but there's nobody at wide receiver. It's going to show when he's in NFL. First game, he didn't look really good. He didn't. He didn't. Well, I mean, but you can't judge him off of Carolina. Carolina is a crap show, man. I mean, he's a starting quarterback. <laughs> starting quarterback. Well, starting but that, that's his team. <laughs> that, but he had no weapons there, man. They got nothing on offense, and that offensive line is due to. All right, Savon, most intriguing, most intriguing week three. <laughs> Adam Thielen's not good, I guess. Okay. Right. He's old, man. He's too old. <laughs> I love Adam Thielen, old. but he's too old, man. He's too old. It's too um, old, man. Most intriguing game. Okay, let's let's get it down here. Uh, Tennessee, Florida's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I, we're, talk, we're yeah, talking I'm college. I'm biased, so I didn't want to um, say that. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna keep saying it. Colorado, Colorado State. What Coach Norvell said, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> I think goodness. they go to put up 60 ammo. against these guys. Ammo. Only 60? Only 60? <laughs> they're going to take guys out at the tail end. So I think you're going to put up 60, bro. <laughs> you going to put up 80, 70s? <laughs> <laughs> nah. A video game. Nah, we're not doing but a video think, game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be the most intriguing, how they come out, how they, you know, answer this personal if you look, I, I saw uh, a uh, post, like seven posts of screenshots 
of Coach Norville with a hat on in every uh, interview last yeah, year. Man. Receipts are kept. Receipts are kept. <laughs> At all times. But no, that's the one. Obviously, you got Tennessee and Florida. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that we don't make many mistakes. I think we match up decently well with them. I think that we can stop their running game. Wide receiver-wise, I think they got the upper hand. But I'm, I'm hoping our front seven gets there because we sent a lot of blitz. Uh, same thing with Tennessee. Tennessee's defense looks really well. Uh, this is our first SEC team. It's the East rival, so I'm 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 excited. I'm excited. What's gonna What's gonna happen? I'm nervous though. I'm not gonna I gotta lie. I'm very. That that QB situation for Florida looks ugly, Savon. I don't know. Nah, man. nah, bro. First game, he he didn't have any. He 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 didn't have any interceptions. Uh, he had I think two touchdowns. He had 300 uh, passing yards. He looked well off his line. Broke down a lot of plays. It, yeah. We can't do anything with offensive line. I don't fault him for it. He played a I clean did. game. He he did look good, but I just don't know about a guy that watched that Wisconsin let walk. I don't know if you want Wisconsin scraps. We bro, I <laughs> I think he's a Cal Trash type quarterback. When Cal Trash was there, maybe, he wasn't a flash maybe. guy. Cal Trash was that's a game manager who didn't make mistakes. He, he did look better than any time he did it all last season with Wisconsin. I will yes. give you that. Yes. But that that offensive line is doo doo, bro. <laughs> they gotta yes, give him some time. Yes, they gotta is. give him some time. That's why um, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, you're you guys, right. You're right. You guys have gotten the you guys have got the better of them most of the most of that history, except for last year. But I, we haven't lost in the swamp against that them. Job. Yeah, we haven't lost in the swamp against them. So, so I hope we get to I think that's gonna be a contentious game. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I'm looking at a couple. Uh, Honorable mentions goes to Georgia and South Carolina. I want to see yeah. what Georgia can do against another SEC team. Yeah. Uh, I have faith yeah. in them, but I want to see what their their you know their young new QB can do against another SEC school. It's gonna uh, be a blowout. Uh, probably so. Yeah. I'm I'm just as that's why it's my honorable mention in honorable my mention. game that I'm actually. <laughs> um, the other one I was looking at was um, possibly what was the other one I was looking at? Um, sorry. Uh, I don't know what the other one. I think it was the Tennessee, Florida. Yeah, it was Tennessee, Florida. But uh, the one that I thought stuck out in my mind the most was uh, the border rivalry with Kansas State and Missouri. If I got to go home, all right. So um, I think I think that'll be a good game, just because you can't count it out an SEC school. Um, Kansas State definitely has looked legit for sure last year, and uh, this year looks like they are not missed a step. Um, but again, it's a rivalry because of across state. It's not as big as Kansas, Missouri is, but it's still Kansas State, Missouri. So um, you're going to have that rivalry going on, and it's at Missouri, all right. So that place gets crazy um, when you're in you're in you're in uh, Missouri there and uh, Columbia. Uh, but uh, they have the I, I'm trying to remember their quarterback. Uh, Missouri has a veteran quarterback still there, um, so I think that's expecting to look like a, a close game. Um, full. Uh, Kansas State should be able to win it just because I think overall the personnel is slightly better for them. But with it being on the road, uh, I'm expecting it to be a, a really good game, especially with it having that cross-state rivalry going on. But how can we forget about Mississippi State and LSU? Mississippi oh my State is undefeated. LSU's ranked yeah. one and one coming. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a good game. So you just wanted to mention that. Oh, really? Ah, man. I mean, Mississippi State does still have their dude, so I just don't know without without that coach, you know, that, that one's going to hurt. So maybe they play with a little bit extra fire. Yeah. And it is at Mississippi State, so 
you can't ever count another SEC school against uh, SEC. So you're not. I don't think you're wholly wrong on that. Absolutely. Um, and I'm moving on to to uh, the, the uh, team U- team USA is into the FIBA World Cup. They had two disappointing <laughs> losses at the FIBA World Cup: 113 to 111 versus Germany, then 127 to 118 to Canada this past Sunday for the bronze medal. And um, you know, for the, the 2024 Paris Olympics, obviously it's going to be a much more started star-studded roster with um, LeBron, Steph, and Katie likely he- heading it up. And there was a report by Shams that. You know, LeBron, he, he assembled the Avengers. He's like, hey, man, we, we, we can't go out like this. <laughs> we got we to get everybody, which, I mean, everybody was going to play originally, but LeBron has has to kind of paint a, paint a certain certain narrative to head it up. But right. To, to you, Mikhail, what, what, what have you thought about what, you know, Team USA's issues and also how the 2024 Olympics is going to be with them? Um, just, I mean, I think it's going to be an amazing roster. They're going to make a documentary about this. It's going to... It's going to get a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos is assembling the Infinity Stones into the gauntlet, all right? And they're about to get activated. Um, I, I mean, uh, the discussion, you know, was last week was on the viral comments made about, you know, world champions. Not a good look for us following that up. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think it just boils down to... Um, I don't know that they have the veteran presence is why. Uh, so I'm looking at some of those teams. I'm not sure that they have that experience. Um, we talked, we talked about, uh, a couple other times, um, the three of us, uh, about, um, the, the world in general is starting to catch up in the basketball realm and become more competitive. Um, so I think that's why you're seeing these games start to get a lot closer. And I think you, they can attribute the reason it's so close and that they're not finishing is again, they just don't have that veteran leadership to actually have a closer, um, and so I think that's what they need. So looking forward to the Paris Olympics, uh, I don't think that's going to be a question. All right. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have any problems with leadership and guys that take clothing shops. So I'm with you, Wellington. Uh, if it's LeBron's last ride and with the Olympics and a lot of these other guys' last ride, cause it's every four years yeah. um, and they may just be done yeah. with it. I think this is the way to go out. So I'm looking forward to what the USA can do, uh, in the Olympics coming up. Definitely. Uh, Savon, to you, what, what have you kind of thought about um, some of the issues with Team USA? I mean, obviously, younger players, not 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 that veteran leadership they're used to having. And then obviously the news of, of how this um, roster will look in 2024. Yeah, that was it. The veteran leadership wasn't there. We saw a lot of guys. Some of these guys, if they had to try it out, they probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> um, but you You're look cut. at that, that Germany-USA game, you look at all the, the lead percentage Field goal percentage, they was leading. Three-point percentage, they led. Free throw percentage, they led. Total rebounds, they led. Assists, they, so there's a lot of things, a lot of categories that they led, and it just came down to the wire. And I think they matched up really well. Germany really matched up really well with them. It was just like, you know, not their time. But I, I do think if veteran leadership was there, I think it would have been a big difference. But here comes LeBron James. Here comes the the rally. Um <laughs> so I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested. What? How is it going to be uh, next year? Will it make yeah. a difference? Will these other uh, countries still put a whooping on oh, 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 USA? Uh, it's going to be interesting. LeBron James and all the company. Now I want to say LeBron James name first. Stephen Curry Steph and Curry. company. No, I'm joking. I'm LeBron James. <laughs> and I think it was the coaching too. I don't think Curry is a, oh, a coach that can bring a lot of Steve, yeah, a lot of guys together and be. Yeah. He should have started. Uh, he would exactly. be in my starting lineup. That's your dog. Yes. I think. Yeah. Mm, I just talking I, about starting lineup. Who? Ed. 
Wait. Oh, Edwards. Oh, yeah. wasn't he in the starting lineup? No, he was coming no. off the bench. No. He was coming That's suspect, That's suspect man. And he's, and he's your leading scorer both times coming off the bench. E yikes. Yeah. Kerr. I don't think on, he's not that Coach K that can bring LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, all these guys together. And play yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. can't do that. Kerr can't do that. And I think even with if we're talking about coaching, I'm not saying Kerr is a bad coach, but I think Mark Jackson is the reason why the Go to State Warriors is the team that they are because he built that team high key before he got let go. He built that team. So I think Kerr can't, we got to highlight and talk about is Kerr that good of a coach to lead this type of players? And evidently he's not. I think that's a big coaches factor. Are as good as the White None of these coaches are as good as the White Snowman. The white snowman, man, Greg Popovich, <laughs> baby, the great white snowman. <laughs> and somebody was talking about Greg wasn't. Uh, he's not a good coach. You out your, you oh, out yeah, your. I saw mind, that. Man. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was on, on Gil's Gil's arena. arena. Yeah, Gil's sure. Arena. Talking about Greg Popovich, it's the system. Who you Yo, think created the system? Yo, get some new clothes. Come on, man. Yeah, bro, you got the dumbest <laughs> reaching, people. Reaching, man. We're reaching. Come on, man. Greg Popovich is top five. Yes, Dead or at least, alive. At least. That might even be come on. generous. Like, come on. Top three. Might be yes. top three. Might be top three. Okay. Since we all here, Still. I got Phil, yeah. I got Greg, and I got Pat. That's my same. That's my same one. That's my same one. I'd probably go with that, too. Yeah. That's, That's a nasty same. three, bro. <laughs> You looked at who they coach. That's why they're yeah. the best is yeah. you see what they were able to produce and how they were able to keep all those egos in check. And, yeah. and especially with Phil, that's why I think we would all agree that Phil's the greatest because he did it with two. He did it with two yeah. superstars and two teams and two separate teams. That's and so crazy. Both, you know, Lakers and Bulls, you know, cream of their crop at that at the era that he was coaching them. Definitely. So. And now getting to our last topic with Coco Golf's historic U.S. Open win and obviously her bright future. Golf won her first major title on Saturday at the U.S. Open with a 2-6-3-6-2 victory over uh, Arena and in front of a packed crowd at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And she's the youngest American to win the U.S. Open since Serena Williams in 1999 and, and the first woman to win the title in New York after dropping the first uh, the first seven three matches. To you, Makai, like this is it's so interesting to see like younger athletes because we're we're seeing there's certain athletes that that are kind of like phasing out, but now we're seeing the next crop of athletes come up, and she's obviously going to be be a, be a face in tennis. Uh, what did you think about her success and obviously the story uh, that she's carrying now? I, I love it. It's one of those things where, and again, I'm not a big tennis guy, but it was fun to see. Uh, her story and her success, um, you know, becoming on the steps of, you know, becoming maybe the next Serena or Venus with, you know, her start again, you can't say that you right now, but because oh, I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, right. it's only 19 though. So I mean, to do that at 19, it's impressive no matter what she becomes. Yeah. So to, to win a grand slam, a U.S. open uh, at 19, that's just wow, man. Uh, and to do it and with the passion that she did, um, and all the different opponents that she was able to go up, the varied styles, uh, and to come out on top, absolutely impressive. Um, and just another great, uh, you know, another great one in the chamber to see a young athlete succeed at this level. Uh, especially, I think we can all agree, it's fun to see young athletes come in. It's what we, yeah. it's what we really enjoy as sports fans, seeing the young guys, you know, exactly, the generational talents come out of, you know, college in American sports or start really young, you know. Um, I, I think of all the success that we saw out of the women's gymnast teams uh, in the Olympics and all those young girls absolutely 
you know, go get it and take home gold. You know, Michael Phelps, when he started out super young and uh, his trek to greatness, it's always exciting seeing an origin story and we might be seeing the origin story for Coco and what she can do from here on out. Definitely. Um, and, and Savon, to you, in terms of, you know, in terms of, of, of this moment for her, obviously, like, like Mikai said, it's an origin story. It's so impressive to see. It's so exciting yeah. to see when, when a young star, when a star is going to like really have the, their, their start and, and, and go on a run. Uh, what have you thought about, you know, her success and obviously just just the potential she can have even going forward? Yeah, lo- like, like I said, I love the story. Love what she accomplished at 19 years old. But then you, that wanes a little bit. You realize she's 19 years old. Can she keep that consistency? So you just look at what Serena Williams was able to do at that young age and be one of the greatest tennis players ever. ever. Yeah. Is she that same caliber? Yeah, consistency. Is she that same caliber of player? I hope she is, but only her story is so far from finished and has a lot of a lot of things that still have to be written in stones. But right now, enjoy the moment. 19 years old, big money, still staying with your parents, collecting a check, probably don't have a car, probably riding bikes like J. Cole. So uh <laughs> live in the moment. I love it, man. So the sky's the limit for her. Sky's limit for her. What was I'm not a big tennis guy either. What was the other um uh, who dates Corday? Um the other girl. Oh have Naomi, uh, Naomi uh, Osaka. Naomi, Naomi Osaka. 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 Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that I feel like I hope this <laughs> oh. <laughs> I uh I hope they turn into about a like a, a like a bad rival, but just like a comp, you know competitive rival in the sport to bring that because I think tennis needs it. But yeah, need she's, that life she's got a bright future. Yeah, bright future here. Definitely. Well, Makaya, thank you for being on, man. It's it's absolute pleasure as always. One of our our, our most in, in, intelligent guests. He, he 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 can school us sometimes in many in many ways. Thanks for being on. Yes, indeed. On, bro. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure. Hope to see you guys soon. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our music reviews. And to start off with our first one with Russ's uh, Santiago, Uh, in his latest project, it really takes the listener on a voyage across his emotional landscape with further rapping and singing. It reflects on moments of defeat, resilience, and frustration. And, um, you know, this is interesting because Russ, he he, he obviously has released a lot of music recently, um, had a... um, you know, Chomp Sue was, was probably like one of our favorites that that that, yeah. he, that he made like just this full rap and, and he was just in his zone. Um, but what did you think about this? Because there was a lot of diversity in it, um, a yeah. lot of you know uh, singing. I feel like he's just in our artistic vein of like wanting to just experiment with different things. And I, and I thought there were, were were some really good songs on this. But uh, what did you think about this project? And just you know how he put it together. I thought it was okay. Um, the intro kind of. Ten, I mean, I love the intro. I think it, it it started off well, but then it went into a a range that I didn't think he was going to go into. I mean, obviously, we know Russ came on the scene because he was singing, rapping, and yeah. harp, melody, melody type, Mixed right? Rapping. I thought it was going to be a mixture of the two. He gave us some bars here and there, but it was more of a melodic feel, melodic rap, and I thought it was okay. It wasn't nothing spectacular. I think I like three or four songs on here that got saved in the into the library. It was okay. I'm not going like, to run back to it. It's yeah, no. I'm just going to run back to it. Chomp was more of, I like that feel because. So 15 songs. Yeah, it was, like. <laughs> it was nice. 
bars were there. Melody, he still used the melodies, obviously, for the hook. Yeah. But just for verse prayer, he was just straight bars, straight heavy, straight lyrical, just all around great project. But this one, that was okay. Like you said, I'm not going to run back to it. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, like looking, because he's always preached, like, independence for, for artists to be independent, going their own route. What do you think the future looks like for him? Like, like, what do you think he's he's wanting to kind of get out of some of his like future endeavors and future projects? I think he's in the pocket. I think he's everything he's got from the industry. I think that's where it's going to be. I don't think he's going to be this big time name. Everybody, obviously, everybody knows who Russ is because yeah. one, he's an independent guy, he's a producer, songwriter. He's he, you know goes around the spectrum of music and then he he solidified a a pattern to how to drop music as yeah. an independent artist Almost so I think, weekly yeah i think he's <laughs> a borderline legend when it comes to navigating through the music yeah and I think he's he solidifies himself as i think i'll call him a b-lister when it comes to rap um and music he's not an a-lister he's definitely not a c-lister i think he, he's in a cuss of a b-lister but i think legend of how to navigate through as it being independent, being a producer, mixing and mastering your own stuff, knowing what to, what to do in in business deals. So I think in that respect, he's a legend. But in with the rap, just being just purity of the music, I think he's a B lister. I think that's he's blazed the path, but he's just not yeah. one of those like. I mean, people are gonna know Russ. It's like you're not gonna be looked at crazy. It's like, hey, you're Russ's new song. They're not gonna look at you crazy, but. He's still not just like that undeniable, like worldwide, you know, star. No, he's not. He's not there yet. Definitely. And I don't think you ever will be. Um, and I'll get into our next review with Raheem's, but if I'm honest, um, in his second album, Raheem explores his, you know, his placement of love and reevaluates his dependencies. There's also a production from, from Division 1985, Vinyls, Yogi, Lupa, and more. Um, and, and this is, you know, there have been some, like, like, like we said, there haven't been as many solid army projects this year. Um, I thought this was um, a good project. There, there were a couple misses to me, but overall, I think the direction was, he knew what he wanted his direction to sound like, and I think yeah. he, did, he did a good job of it. You thought it was some misses? Just maybe one or two. It, it, it was it was me being picky. It wasn't like... It yeah, wasn't no. Yeah, it was no, I agree, though. <laughs> I agree. I'm a fan of Raheem, and I think... I think he could have added in a, a more of the up tempo R and B. Almost too mellow. Too mellow, too low tone. I mean, I love that. It remind me of like obviously division because that's who he worked with and he yeah, you know worked like for. That. And then some a little party, but even with party next door, he gives us the up tempo. He gives us a range of music. And it, I mean, obviously, you can party as a rapper slash R and B. You can put him in so many categories. But I did think he missed opportunities when it comes to song selection. I thought I, I enjoyed the project. Don't get me wrong; I think it was a real good project. Yeah. I'll it got saved. I'll go For back sure. and listen to it and just play it. But I do think he missed a couple opportunities. I mean, this is his second full ensemble album. So I mean, we maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is like a taster, like, hey, this is what I can do. Yeah, I gave you another project, what was okay. The EP I think was his best work, his first EP. Then he went solo. I mean, he went dark, and then he dropped Peak, which was I think is a fire single. Oh yeah. And then he dropped the album, which was mm, which was okay. So this is, I guess, is a taster leading back into the solo artist, and hopefully he doesn't miss on the next project. But I do agree because I was like. This is missing something. It just it, that's just that, that's just how it felt. I mean, I yeah. liked it, but I was like, this this almost feels just a little too one sided and being mellow. 
And I feel like that's where you got to add that up tempo. Like that's what party knows. Party yeah. knows how to do that. Party's like, I'm gonna give you the up tempo that that, you, that you're gonna vibe out to. It's just not gonna all be mellow. So I think that's that balance where he needs to find. Exactly. Because I was gonna say maybe it could have been like a feature, but then I was like, no. It's just just adding that good balance because uh, you take your sleeper me like I'm getting sleepy. This is vibe music. Like it's just like okay, this was is sleepy. yeah. I'm <laughs> like, like, all right, this is something you just put right. on, but just like vibe out and just watch, do something else. But like, I think yeah, yeah. and I think the structure of the the album project mm-hmm. could have been rearranged a little bit too. Yeah, to be more engaging. For sure, the the, the, the sequencing I think was a little yeah, it, it wasn't the strongest. So that that's that, that's definitely something we need to work on for the future. Um, getting to our next review, maybe Blues Ways of Knowing. Um. In his latest album, you know, it was poetic and emotionally profound. Um, there's soulful R&B adjacent production. Sometimes songs are, are, are um, maybe stand out more than some of the lyrics, but there's also a sense of hopefulness and purpose to it. Um, and, and this was a because I heard a lot about this project earlier in the year, and, and I feel as though he has a lot of talent lyrically. But th- there is, I think, certain pockets where, like you say, with certain rappers who have a, a monotone uh, voice. <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna. I was just like. He did not switch it it's up. It's like Larry June, all. bro. Yes, he sounds Larry like Larry and I, June. And I like Larry June, but I feel like he, this Navy Blue, it almost was, I couldn't overlook it. I couldn't yes. overlook it at some part, some parts. And and that's what that's one of the things that stood out to me. Talented guy, talented lyricist, but the voice, the voice inflection yeah. just didn't work. Bro, you're spot on. I think, and I had this discussion with another friend of mine, Javen, because he's he likes Larry June's music. He was like, Bro, I think that's just innovative. I sometimes I want to hear a rapper sound the same or be consistent. But me, I'm just I like the versatility of it. But I think we give Larry June a pass because he kind of like that's his sound. You sound like Larry June. Yeah. We're at a got a rapper. We give a you know what I'm saying just I right, Larry. Larry is Larry. But it's now that he, Alchemist pass because Larry yeah Larry oh worked with the Alchemist for a full- goodness. <laughs> That, that his production was nasty, bro. But I yeah. think for like you said, it's just the voice. It didn't change. Yeah. Even the, the beats were amazing. Again, oh, the sure. beats were dope. Yeah. But it just he didn't change it. He didn't add to it. He didn't. His voice wasn't instrument. It was just like it started being nagging at a point. So I didn't get through the album. To be honest with you. <laughs> but if I'm honest, <laughs> if I, if I'm honest, no, it's gonna be enough for me, dog. Yeah, it's gonna be enough for me. Love you, though, brother. There's another rapper. There's there's another rapper that that you mentioned. I think his voice is monotone. I, I think it may have been one of the Griselda, one, one of the Griselda artists. But I think it's just certain times you can just you sense something like, hey, this guy is really talented lyrically, but it just needs to go up a, another notch. To just like diversify your, your skill set. Like, do you think certain times? managers or even maybe producers what what role do you think they play into it just like even a producer knowing like hey like this is a beat that works for you but who do you think can like recommend that to them in their like team to like hey like this is something you can work on producer uh i think that'd be the closest one to say hey bro maybe you could try it this way or whatever but most most managers or anrs or whatever on the team try to not to steer them away from what got them to that point? Yeah, maybe give sense. them some pointers here or there, or give them a different. Hey, let's let's okay, we like to let's give it a, a different song, a different approach to this. But you don't want to take away from what they truly are. And then with with rappers, with, in this sense, with rappers, it doesn't take five songs for you to be versatile. You just add two, three songs, keep the full on, ensemble and an ambiance of who you are as a rapper, like. 
it doesn't take much for you to be like, you can drop the beat and like, ah, and then go back to your monotonous, bro. It's just that subtle change in the music. Yeah, it's literally that easy, bro. <laughs> the subtle change that keeps the listeners there and yeah. them intrigued and them not being able to like say, this song sounds like the last track. Right. And that's what right. and this is what I was talking about with Javen with with Larry June. It sounds like his track sounds the same, even when the production has changed. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from him and Larry June. I'm trying to get more acclimated with Larry June, trying to get my ear tone, but it's just he's it's developing a fan base, though, man. He's developing oh a yeah, fan base for him. because he's becoming he, popular. That um old school West Coastness. It's like that, that just the, drive that that just yeah that like. Drive. Even with Blix, Black Blix, whatever yeah, you want his name is, he has that West Coast production as well. And then he has a particular sound. I think that's really different. Him and Bino are um are in the same pocket and they did a collaboration. I didn't really like the collaboration they did, but they in their, that that pocket that we don't hear anymore. And then yeah. it's now it's getting a new re, 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 revive, if you will, in the music industry. And I think that's something because like one of our um, one of our past guests, Kevin Garcia, he mentioned on one episode he was on about Ben Staples. Like, why yeah. can Ben Staples be that star? Because I think Ben Staples is, in, he's like one of my favorite artists now. He's incredibly talented, but yes. he also, he doesn't, he knows the the industry and how to become popular, but he also, he knows the pitfalls of it. And he, he's like, yeah. I don't want to become too popular. Like, that's always kind yeah. of his stance. Like, I, I can I can go there, but I, I, I'd rather just stay where I'm at. He's so funny, man. His interviews are yeah, ridiculously like, funny. <laughs> yeah. And you talking about, you don't like anybody coming out. He's like, why do you, you cook for people? Oh, you so nice, bro. <laughs> well, I'm from, we don't, you know, Uber don't have my address. So it's just like That's him staying true to himself as well as, but he has versatility yes. throughout. And he doesn't, yeah. So yeah. Storytelling. His ability to change his cadence, like Vince Staples has those, check those boxes, as we love to say, Wellington. And a lot of rappers, I don't know why they feel like they shouldn't do it. Like if Larry June just switched it up just 3%, I'm not saying switch up your whole sound, but you know what I'm saying? Switch it up a little bit. And same for this guy, just swip it up 3% and watch how your fan base just grow even better. Definitely. Um, And and now getting to our next review with uh, Sampha's only I'm in this new single, I find Sampa in a buoyant tone and mood. There's also production from L intro there that features simplistic clicks and the question this question he questions his faith and purpose in life. And um, you know, there was the news recently that um that uh Sampa's next album is gonna be released in uh I believe the the sixth maybe the sixth or the twentieth of October, but he's coming back and obviously we're we're really big Sampa fans and yeah, he's been on he's had so many great features like Father Time too much mm-hmm. on on mm-hmm. nothing was the same like he, he just he adds that 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 tempo and smoothness in a chord mm-hmm. that always works but uh what did you think about this single and just kind of what you want to hear from his next album oh it was different it was uh because i'm just thinking about um his last his was well, first album and just the the up-tempo songs that he had on Nender, and he was so um experimental on this one and I love how the production and his voice, it contrasts, but it didn't fight each other. 
somehow it fit with his voice, with do. his delivery. It was so, and I love the beat drops, and I think that helped a lot too. Yeah. I love the production, how they you know, arranged the song, and it get it did get repetitive a little bit um, at the tail end. But I, I like the song. I think this was definitely not a single song, but you can tell. <laughs> I, that was the one thing I was thinking. I was like, I like this it, is but not, it's not a single, a single song. song. <laughs> but you can tell it's like right after the song, like how the playlist tracklist is. It's I think that yeah. springs for the rest of the album. Yeah, for sure. It's because it's like I think it's number six or something, and it springs for. I think it's going to be an interlude or something right before it, and then it just you know pushes the album forward. But I think this is a nice transition song. Not a not a song. Yeah, no, not um, at all. But and, and, and but before we move on, I mean, there's bro, there's a lot of music dropping tonight. Nas and Hit Boy are dropping their mm. last uh, album together, Magic Three. Cleo Soul is dropping an album uh, tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're yeah. big, big Cleo Soul fans. Uh, Diddy for the first time in 13 years is dropping. <laughs> is dropping. Album. I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> take that, take that, take but, that. But uh, in terms of the new music, come I mean, and and there it was announced that 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 Drake and SZA are are dropping. He's dropping his single with with her t- tomorrow. Like in terms of all that, we can't we can't. I mean, we just casually I just casually said that, but I mean, Drake and SZA yeah. on a, on a track together. always. Yeah, <laughs> this is just it's just like man, that's gonna. I'm I'm really interested to hear that hear how that sounds. But is there one in particular that stands out, or or, or just what are your thoughts on some of these releases? Um. The SZA one, SZA and Drake one stands out obviously yes. because it's SZA and it's Drake. It's the first time he's dropped a single since Scorpion for an album. Yeah, this is yeah. He's 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 he he wants to see the full scope single test. Like, can can, it, <laughs> can is it a single song or is it an album <laughs> Who song? Better to do it. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's going to be two ways how this song is constructed. Maybe it's going to be the one how it was with. Um, Rihanna? Travis Scott? Oh. No, no, no. With Travis Scott. No, no, no. She can't go in that 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 dance hall reggae pocket. That's that's not her. It's gonna be just like the Travis Scott feel, or it may be like a Brent Fayez that collab type vibe. Which one would you sings, prefer? The Brent Fayez type of vibe. Yeah. I think her just singing, not because I don't I didn't I didn't like the Travis Scott one. I didn't like that track. That's one of the tracks I didn't like. I just thought it just I don't off know. It, it, it didn't feel album. right. No, no, no. Off her album, he he featured on. If I'm not mistaken, I may be thinking about another artist. Open Arms. Yes, 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 yes. It was Travis Scott. So it's either that type of style, or it's gonna be like a true R&B rap um, collab type, and I want that more because I know the hook is gonna be nasty. <laughs> It, I hope it's I hope it's that way because you have so many pockets you can go into if you do that. That's a genius can, way to start off a single. Just put puts his on. That's just that's just a, that's that's. Really she cool. has a wave. He know he's always he always knows what's the wave. He said she j- just dropped SOS, one of the best albums last year. Everybody's and they're listening to it, singing it. Just team hook up with her. Yeah. Now it just makes me wonder who who else is on the album. Well, it is confirmed that Nikki that Nikki's gonna be on the album too. Yeah, I'm 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 indifferent. Her voice gets on my nerves. I used to be a huge Nicki Nicki Minaj fan. That Pink album and everything before that. Oh my goodness. Oh my. And then it's just her voice just got on my nerves. That's that's the the one thing I was gonna say. Who else would you want to see on, on this album if you had like a like a like a really like dream feature list? I want Brent. I want Brent back on it. 
now that I listen to it, I, I when I first said it was like a throwaway um verse when we reviewed it, I take that back. I think that was it was heavily constructed. I think it was it a was. nice verse. It was nice. Yeah, it was it was that very pinpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want Brent to be back on there. Uh I got the the Bryson Tiller out of my system because I don't think they could go beyond that one track that we got that he'd been sitting on for like five years that he really finally released and put another thing on there. Uh, yeah, I'm on that. I don't know. Frank he's he's collab. Yeah, that's a unicorn. But I'm saying, people, it's been rumored. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's been rumored. I don't know. Tyler Creator. I want him. I, I that think that would be, nice. be a dope collab. Yeah. It'll have to be a rappy rappy. Because yeah. Tyler Creator can rap his butt off. Yeah, that boy got the, the one. The one rumor that I really want to see true is somebody. It, it, it was um, rumor that the Alchemist might have some production on this. I was like, if he, if <laughs> that would be. There's a, no way. But I was like, that's too good to be true. <laughs> no, they could vibe. I don't think they could vibe, Wellington. I don't think Do so. You, yeah, that's just a hit. Because so. I mean, like, obviously, he, he he did he did a song off Kendrick's album. Uh, yeah, the, the cry together, and that that fits more into Kendrick's. I don't know if that could fit. The same for Drake. Yeah, yeah, that's not Drake. That's not Drake's MO. He yeah. doesn't fit in the formula. Alchemist of the Philly is formula of, you know, Houston, reggae. Yeah, we know. He's got a formula. Yeah, yeah he's got dance hall. Yeah, so. Yeah. For sure. Oh, so yeah, the Nas one, I'm, I'm really. Yeah, I know Nas. Uh, yeah, we're definitely, yeah. And that, I, I think it's already him. out by now. So yeah, I can't wait to hear that one. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Man, gonna this, be some what a run he's been on, man. I, I hate to see it be the, the last one, but. All good, all good things go to an end eventually. So they six albums in three years. Yeah, so. six albums in three years, and all have been like really solid to fire. There's no duds. He hasn't, you know, what I'm saying he hasn't shot off any duds. Absolutely, that's insane. Killing it, and then I, and I and I think and I'm because we always talk about R and B albums that impress us. I I do have high expectations for this Cleo So album because she just has yeah. a phenomenal voice, and I want to see like wow. what because Mother was. You know, one of my favorite albums of the last five years. And I think how she can expand on this is going to be really interesting, too. I'm ready for the concept. Yeah, for sure. I think that's she she makes concept albums. Me. It's always yeah. about a concept. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll get into our last review with Watch the Throne uh, throwback. Uh, this album was, you know, really a moment when, you know, two major titans in the face of hip hop, you know, for years decided to collaborate. That expensive samples, a pair of courses from Frank Ocean, and obviously one of the most fam- famous singles we ever had in Otis. And there's recently been a, a conversation about, because people have, I've been talking about this on social media is watch throne a classic or was it just a classic moment? And I mean, that time when we really saw them, them come together that cause like we were, Drake was still on the come up, but yeah. them coming together on one album, I mean, was insane, bro. Shut the, it industry, shut down. the industry down. Like Jay and Kanye on an album together. It still is a, is a time capsule moment. Even looking, listening yeah. back to, I mean, these guys were, they still were in peak form to me. Still, still in peak form to me, and they really were locked in. Like w- w- looking back at the album, what how it sounds today, and what it meant then. What are your thoughts on it? And just you know the, the legacy of it, man. So from the poof, from the cover art to the that's when CDs were still you know a big thing. <laughs> Twenty eleven. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really have the the big streaming services. You had to pay for them on. Yeah. Um, apple but man just holding that you know cd in your hand if you were able to buy it off of you know itunes that was that was available but bro the amount of 
just you already know as a producer, Kanye has been, you know, Ye's pro- me, not Ye. Kanye's been <laughs> Jay Z's producer for a stint. Now that's how he, you know, got into the game and that's how he got yeah. eventually signed by Jay Z. But man, oh man, they were going punch to punch. I don't know if Kanye got help to write some of his lyrics. Because you know, they were not no. missing. Bar for bar, melody for melody, like some you know some of the songs were like you know they were plugins, but for for the most part that's that's a nice well put together album by two legends. Yeah, that's how you post a collab. That's a collab album. That is a collab album. Um, it's it's so crazy because it, it, it the energy was still there. Yes, like they were like, man, we still got something to prove. It, like, and they they didn't, they really didn't, but. Obviously, they just because you know Jay Z was coming off of off of Kingdom Come, Kanye was coming off of you know albums like Graduation and just mm. his still his like peak type of albums. But it was yes. just so interesting to like see them kind of in a in a different in a different sphere. But which like out of the two legacies, like which one do you look at it as like hey, this is the music I'll revisit more? To me, it's still it's still Jay Z, but Kanye as a producer, man, you can't deny how good he is and the fact that he's been yeah. been around this long. You know, I go back and revisit Kanye's music more than I revisit Jay-Z's music. Mm. And I think if we're talking catalog, I think Kanye, in my opinion, has surpassed Jay-Z. As a listenability of music, bro, you give me Jay-Z's top three albums and Kanye's top three albums, bro... And if Watch the Throne would not be the same if Kanye West was not on it. Just picture Jay-Z collabing with any other artist. It would not be the same. He's that missing element produce-wise and artist-wise. It's just different. Kanye was in a pocket that nobody could touch. At all. Man, it was invincible at that point. Bro, it was insane amount, and then just ima- his features alone, bro, in that in that realm as well. Yeah, like he he didn't miss. Like I like with Chief Keef, uh, Two Chains, Birthday. Like it's so many songs he had in that time frame, and then his albums, bro, was like you know, Drive Slow, Homie. You never know, Homie, bro. Like, bump, 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 yes. this, Man, Kanye was on. I I go back and re-listen to uh, Kanye's music more than I do Jay-Z. But I think without Jay, me, Kanye on Watch the Throne, it would not be as potent and as replayed as it is from production to just artistry. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I mean, in terms of like rapper, to me, it's, 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 it's definitely Jay. But in terms yeah, of albums, for sure. that's yeah, the thing. Albums, Kanye, yeah. just, man, he, the way he can track an album is just, it's so, it's so crazy, bro. He's a he's a musical genius, like you said. Jay Z is obviously the better rapper. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Hey, before you clip this, I'm, let me clear. <laughs> let me clear it people, up. People were going at us last week. But, yeah, oh, J Cole didn't fall off. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Off-season's a masterpiece. <laughs> no, nah. Jay Z is the better rapper, but I think yeah. album wise, it's I think it's Kanye for sure. I'm trying to think back to. Do you have a favorite collab album ever? Is there like is there one that's just uh, just the uh, automatic Method Man and Red Man. I forgot oh, the album. It's with uh, Doc Rottweiler on it. Um, oh, I can't remember it. Obviously, Future and Drake. What a time! What a time! 
Bro, it's so many bangers on that album, bro. There's too many. They did not miss. (laughs) Bro, five days in an album, bro. That's... When he told Zane Lowe that, like in that in that views interview, and he's like, "Yeah, man, we just picked it up in like five days." It's like, what? <laughs> I didn't want to like it either, bro. I'm like, bro, they don't mix Drake and that that film, and then he's just like, he's just, yeah, man. It was, yeah, that's, yeah, famously, bro. That's, yeah. I mean, Watch the Throne was another one. It was a definitely a good collab. Um, you know, Myth like, and Red Man. Watch the Throne. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Every song, bro. Even in the uh, the dope of the bushes. <laughs> I really feel like I'm in 2015 when I listen to that. <laughs> what a time, bro. That's such a name. What a time. Yeah. Music was on one 2015, bro. For sure. Because yeah. the year before we just got, oh, I'm sorry. We got Forest Hill. And then it was so much music after that, bro. It was such a Man. good time. In 2016. That, oh, that Travis. That's when I like Travis Scott. When he did, don't you open up that window? <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. One of time is like one of my favorites. Definitely. Well, I know I said in the, in the first half, listeners, we're going to do the Snowper- Snowpiercer review, but we're going to do that next week. So, and yes. this is the first time we've told us, hey, so like if you haven't seen Snowpiercer, it's on Netflix. Free <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> so you guys you don't have ready. to wait for us. Right. <laughs> wait for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that wraps it up for tonight. Carmen goes to Winter Burns on my counterpart, Save Our Horse. This has been Full Scope. See you later.